Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gehen jetzt in den Wasser los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode of Nintendo Voice Chat is sponsored by Gamefly. Listen! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat episode 419. I'm your host, Zach Ryan, and joining me today, if you're listening in full audio form, uh, all the way over here in uh, regaled in full Rathalos costume, uh, Casey DeFritis, I've got uh, Brian, the man, the myth, and the leather jacket, but you're wearing denim today. Yeah, so yeah we're throwing it off. Mixing but it up. If you're listening, pretend. And over here, Super Smash Brendan. Hey! 
Right on, guys. Well, I like uh, nicknames. Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about these nicknames for a while. So. That's good. Yeah, I really mapped it. them out for you. But. Um, if you're watching live, you know that uh, NVC is live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Uh, right here on IGN.com, and you can catch it 24 hours later on YouTube and your favorite podcast services. So check us out Thursdays at 3 p.m. here, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, some other important stuff that we need to address. Uh, you may have heard that IGN and Philip Mewson have parted ways, so we're going to temporarily be filling the host seat with other faces from IGN. If you want more information on that, be sure to check out IGN.com or Twitter. Obviously, we love doing NVC and appreciate your ongoing support, so let's dive right into this Smash Brothers Direct, of which there was a lot of news. That's true. <gasps> yeah. It was so good. Uh, every time I think, like, oh, there'll be like, like one or two things this time, he'll just say, like, hey, here's a new mode. Okay, see you in December. No, here's am, everything else. I'm consistently surprised by these uh, directs and new news for Smash, and I'm always really excited about it, and I'm especially excited mm, I about saw, this one. <laughs> I saw somebody on Twitter was kind of upset that this uh, there wasn't news about other Nintendo games. Well, so that's like, this is a Smash, Smash Direct, but yeah, that's something that, that, that Nintendo has kind of introduced in the last couple of years because, like, when they started doing directs, they right. would do directs about like big news dumps about a lot of different games. Mm -hmm. But I think probably just in the Switch generation, they've sort of narrowed it down to like, hey, we're going to do a Direct about just this game. And that's what this Smash Direct was. I and appreciate they really, that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think it's really like, it makes for a much more focused Direct. Um, it helps me to retain a lot more of the information. Sets mm -hmm. expectations with the audience. Right. Um, well, unless you don't understand that it's yeah. just a Smash Direct. Uh, I feel the timing of this was odd because this game's not out for December and we're mm. still sort of like, what's going to happen between now and then? Um, that said, once it got started, I was like, oh, I love watching these. Like, yeah. you know, I think in terms of directs, uh, these almost inherently are designed to be packed with surprises because that's just the way these roll out. When you see them end and the screen fades to black, with every other director, you're like, that's probably it. But with this one, like Donkey Kong shows with up. Sakurai, and you're like, you never you know yeah. like something's gonna happen. Well, Even I after mean, it ended and the credits popped up, I still kept staring at the screen being like You're looking for like a Marvel like yeah, you got credit you got one sequence, more, yeah. right? Uh, well they really started this uh this direct off with a banger too, because they just killed Luigi. Yeah. Like he, just he right did. out of the gate, they just put him face to face with actual death, which yeah. I think is a little bit terrifying. But which is weird. News. Yeah. Uh, I hope it's the plot of Luigi's Mansion Three. Mm -hmm. Luigi dies. Spoilers. <laughs> Evacuates himself. It takes place in the Castlevania uh, mansions. Yeah. 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 I, so <laughs> they they frame these directs, especially the Super Smash Brothers directs, uh, with this these like awesome vignettes. Right. We got two of them this time around. One for for. Uh, Castlevania, and then one for Donkey Kong at the end. Uh, but I love the way that they're building the lore of these sort of like mashup universes. Mm -hmm. um, and this one specifically, it's Castlevania cross Luigi's Mansion, yeah. which I think is really brilliant yeah. and really kind of funny. I, I, I love the way that they set that up. But of course, it did light Twitter on fire. <laughs> People were freaking out about whether or not Luigi was actually dead. Mm -hmm. And it took a few hours for um, Nintendo UK Versus to tweet out that, that he was doing fine. Do you believe that? Do you honestly no, believe that? Only time will tell. You know, it's a real mystery wrapped in a He's conundrum. Definitely See, I've been, having an outer body experience, at least. But it's so tish. weird because it's like that's just to, to show you how little respect that he gets as a character. We've seen Mario die on screen millions of times, and no one has ever once questioned if it was permanent. But with Luigi, you have to ask yourself. Is he dead for good? I mean, yeah. Ridley did stab Martha the Heart and Mega Man. That's so. true. That was horrible. I that was my favorite one so far. Like, I love mm. Mega Man, Samus, and Mario just yeah. chomping through a spaceship. I yeah. thought that was very cool. Here's the thing to keep in mind when you watch a lot of these directs. Uh, it, it's... This is fake. <laughs> it's, not, it's all, it's all it's made not up. real. Doesn't matter. No one actually got killed. This is a, those are animations. Uh, but yeah, we got Simon Belmont, which is like, if you think about it as, you know, Here. 
We used to be children at some point. In many ways, we still are. Not and Brennan, actually. Brennan was born a full-grown man. That's so. true, with sure. a beard and everything. Yeah. Uh, so the the thing that's weird about this is that we grew up with characters like Sonic and Snake and Pac-Man mm-hmm. and, and Simon Belmont. And one by one, they're all ending up in Smash Brothers to the point where, like, if you're not in Smash Brothers by now, what's wrong? You know, like, oh, no. like we're kind of like, how did you offend Sakurai? Like, yeah, what did Crash Bandicoot do to not be here yet? Because it's almost at the point where everyone else has been invited to this party at this point. Well, let's not count the Bandicoot out yet, because Sakurai made a point of saying early on in this direct that there are still a few more characters to reveal, right? Yeah. So in this direct, we got a look at Simon Belmont, Richter Belmont, and then Echo characters like Krom, Dark Samus, and then, of course, the King king k rule reveal at the end um which kind of led the conversation around the office yesterday to Mm be are there too many characters in this smash um i think that that we're looking at what 67 characters now uh and plus the echo character that's like 70 through 70 i i'm terrible at math so i couldn't tell you i had the math we have all the characters on our wiki yeah i was looking at that yeah, I think it was like 70-something. Hey, who had uh, five minutes and 40 seconds before Brendan mentioned the wiki? Did anybody you know, show of hands? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I mean, I, I kind of defer to the two of you because you're obviously the, the biggest Smash players in the office. Brendan, you were talking before we started here about your your whole next year is basically going to be Smash Brothers. So, uh, I, you know, I've sort of notoriously said that I'm a Fairweather Smash fan. So uh, I, I put the question to you guys. Do you feel like 67 to 80 characters is just too many damn characters for Smash? Personally, I don't think so. I know there are people who, who will play. Like I, I like Mario. I play as Mario. I played mm-hmm. as Mario last game and the game before that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to still play as Mario. And they're not going to play anybody else. Who are you playing unless, For me? Yeah. Link. Okay, cool. Got it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I think variety is a spice of life. And like I think... <laughs> Not for Smash players. <laughs> yeah. For some Smash players. Like, Would you read well, that on a yeah. coaster or what? I mean, that's actually, a- I have a little plaque on my wall. Uh-huh. That? Yeah. Um, Speaking of variety, did you guys hear about the um, Smash tournament at Evo? Yes. Yeah, yes. I mean, the I, I don't really, really yeah. want to get into it because <laughs> I don't really want to get into it because I, I, I do think it was a, a bit petty on both sides. Yeah. You know, true. I think that, that mm-hmm. the four of those players all choosing the same character and then doing things like murder suiciding themselves to to kind of keep the game going like it was obviously four friends having fun yeah but there's also like a spectacle and, and a, an amount of respect that's supposed mm-hmm. to happen at those tournaments and and it was you know i know japanese players were super pissed to watch that tournament mm-hmm. but um yeah i mean let's they're also a bunch of teenagers that's true but, too yeah let's let's talk about new smash yeah back to what you said yeah. on the characters though i do think that having that amount of people and having a character that you grew up playing and having them come back. Mm. So if someone who likes Snake, mm-hmm. like, hey, Snake is back. I can still check out all these characters, but I, at least I have my favorite, the one that I know the best. Yeah. Or these new characters that I can try out too. And I think that like it also promotes longevity because like if you're just doing whatever single player they have where they'll throw like all-star mode, there's so many different characters to fight against. Your battles will always be different. It's like, oh, it's banned again. Have to watch out for that you know, side dash move. Like, oh, this time it's King K. Rool and Bayonetta. And Captain Falcon, like there's so much variety now. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've always thought about Smash Brothers as sort of like a menu, and it's got a lot of things on it. But there's also some people that are only they only want like chicken and white rice. <laughs> now they're like, give me the beige food, and that's it. Like it's mm. weird. This 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 game will have like a hundred something stages in it, and most pro players will just play on Final Destination. That said, I hope that the way the game unfolds, like when you buy it, you unwrap it, and you put the cart in, or however you're playing it, download it. Uh, it starts saying to you like, play ten. 
matches as X character to unlock this, to unlock that. Like it actually, if it starts funneling you through different scenarios to nudge you to play stuff outside of your comfort zone, I think that'll be really cool. Because I mean, we, we've seen that it, it's, it feels like the philosophy behind this game is to cater to pro players, but also to make something that's really fun for everybody. Mm-hmm. I personally love playing with items on. I love playing on every stage. I yeah, love playing everywhere. My philosophy with Smash has always been the more chaotic it can be, the better. Same. That's um, what I'm here for. So I love that it's, you know, eight players on every map. I love that there's these all these outrageous... Like, they really dug into the customization this time mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. And so... I tend to agree that that I don't think that there are too many characters, mm-hmm. right. but like I'm not unlike Brendan, I feel like I'm always going to play as Toon Link. I'm mm-hmm. Toon Link till the day I die, so yeah. it doesn't matter to me. When I when I am serious, I'm going to play as Pikachu every right. time. Right. And honestly, having this many characters is going to make the random select very intimidating for right. me. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, to get good at every character, I mean, that is just a huge undertaking. It's also yeah. cool that Some they introduced the new it. mode, uh, um, that kind of iron, like, was it with Smashdown? Brendan, don't jump ahead. Oh, we got to talk about, and we got to talk about stages about unlocking, first. Yeah, speaking of s- stages, they said that all of the stages are automatically unlocked. Yeah. All oh. unlockable guide. Hmm. How many stages There's, are there's there? 103 100. stages, 100. but there's so many different permutations to all of them. So yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the, the stages that they show off so new stages include uh dracula's castle pokemon stadium garden of hope brinstar depths uh summit uh unova pokemon league magicant gamer final destination and new donk city hall which god damn it they played that stupid song again jump up superstar <laughs> just when i thought jump up superstar was over man i, I what, know that i'm gonna get hate for that, did you see like, that the mechanic that they use in well, that see, stage the though? thing about jump up superstar is that e3 2017 our booth was across from nintendo's oh, and they played jump yeah, up superstar right. on you're loop right. all day yep. for four days straight right right um, right regardless that level looks very cool yeah um so they did make a point to say that that all the stages, the older stages, were enhanced and rebalanced, which I think is really cool. Obviously, when you introduce all these new characters and new gameplay mechanics, like you're going to have to change the way a level is spaced out and feels to adapt to those character changes. But the 64 stages, they said they're going to try and keep as close to the original as possible to keep up that nostalgia factor. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And there's also, I mean, like, there's so many things that are there that... It's almost worth talking about what's not there. Poke yeah. floats. Uh, poke floats. Uh, the moving stages from Icicle Mountain and Donkey Kong had uh, one that kind of moved up. And I can see why they didn't bring those back because those were balanced for fast moving characters that could constantly keep up. Well, you have like Little Mac. Yeah. He can't jump yeah. that fast. Yeah. So like I can see why some of these moving stages didn't make the cut. Sure. And I'm kind of happy yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am too. They were very unpopular. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of torn on them all being unlocked from the start. Yeah, I am too. The stages themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I guess I I don't I I love unlocking stuff in Smash Brothers, and more so than just trophies, and more so than just sort of like you know uh, different title screens and stuff like that. I wanna I wanna be able to unlock characters, Mm -hmm. stages, everything. I want that game to start slim and then unfold. And I know a lot of people are indifferent on that. Like personally, uh, when Mario Kart 8 came to Switch and everything was just there to begin with, a lot of people were really happy about that because they're like, I already unlocked those on Wii U. But I was like, for people who buy this game for the first time now, um, there's really not a lot like to unlock incentive yeah. right yeah. so be, i think that there the, need to be goals yeah in a mm-hmm. game and there must goals, be though right yeah. like there must be that kind of stuff that they might coming. bring back like custom moves mm-hmm. that was unlockable yeah. um soundtracks i don't know if all the levels will have all the soundtracks already but that was a cool feeling to have and like brawl like like oh cool here's a new song i unlocked and it sounds awesome i want to play this immediately mm-hmm. yep. yeah so I, I did want to talk about that as well uh 
more than 900 tracks. I know, that's crazy. I put, I put in my notes here in all caps, JESUS, <laughs> because that's a lot of tracks. 28, um, 28 hours. hours altogether. Uh, there's 34 tracks the remixed just from mm-hmm. Castlevania alone, which I think is so incredible. I wonder, and, I wonder what per- percentage of like the file size of the download is yeah, just, just tracks. It feels yeah. like a lot. We yeah, need to nuts. make a pie chart of uh, the percentage of music tracks from each different franchise. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Up. There's a couple We're ones they've already... That. Yeah. We'll take that. We'll take that. There's yeah. a couple of tracks they've already put on the blog site that you can listen to now that we've been covering in our weekly Smash conversations, and they're really good. Yeah. And they have some like amazing guest composers. Okay. Like They bring back the one of the composers from Metal Gear Solid to do a, uh, a redone version of Snake Eater, mm-hmm. but Ooh. it's like a really fast-paced... Okay. Like, electric guitar version and it just sounds amazing and like if that's just a sample i want to see everything mm-hmm. i'm so excited yeah I, i'm totally down. I'm sure they're going to include classic versions and like new versions and mm-hmm. metal versions and i'm i'm excited to hear yeah. regardless of what they include we'll be able to hear all of them in their entirety anytime we want because one of the things that they introduced in this uh direct which i thought was crazy is the ability to listen to those those hot jams any old time you want from your switch as yeah. though it just turns your switch into a giant iPod. Basically just yeah, grab your favorite sleeping. pair of wired headphones, <laughs> directly plug them into your switch and just hope that they add I Bluetooth. Can't, okay, I can't think of a more Hear convenient way to listen to your favorite video game music. I, here's what I'm going to do. What? I am going to get my switch, bring it to the car with me, mm-hmm. plug in the audio cable to my car oh. and go on a road trip. With 28 hours of Smash music, I would also, love to really? get in an Uber How? car and say, hey, I got 37 minutes of uh, Castlevania for you. Look, I, I, so I, think you're, so I think you're a nice dude, and I hate to feed the comment trolls here, but um, 28 hours of Smash music is the dumbest reason to go on a road trip. <laughs> 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 Nintendo Voice Chat is sponsored by Gamefly, the best way to buy and rent your favorite games. Gamefly.com gives you access to 9,000 titles, which are mailed directly to your door. For one monthly fee, you can play the latest and greatest games for as long as you want with no late fees or due dates. Ever. When you get tired of a game, all you have to do is mail it back and they'll send you the next title on your list. That means you can get Mario Odyssey, collect all 999 Power Moons, visit Peach in Every Kingdom, and place an impossible-to-find Luigi Balloon before swapping games. It is awesome. And now Gamefly is offering movie rentals as well. Today, every Nintendo Voice Chat listener gets access to a free premium 30-day trial by going to Gamefly.com slash voice chat. That premium trial lets you rent two titles at the same time, and you get it by going to Gamefly.com slash V-O-I-C-E-C-H-A-T slash voice chat. Check it out. So how long do you think the Switch will last in sleep mode while playing that music? We got a uh, test. Well, the fact, that you're not, test. the fact that you're not burning the screen, uh, mm-hmm. I, I assume. I mean, it, I, I would assume that the screen just locks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I bet you could get a lot of, of hot jams out of the mm-hmm. Switch before the battery dies. You could probably make it through half that library. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I, I think, like, best test with gameplay is, like, six hours with – not with Smash, of course. I think you're going to burn through that faster. But with like some kind of minimalist indie games, it usually goes about six hours. But we'll see. This, yeah. is, this is all new. Have you learned that by sitting on your couch playing the same game for six yes, hours straight? absolutely. Yeah. When you have a baby, you can do that kind of thing. You can do that. I have yeah. a quick question. Do you think other games should have this feature? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. I don't think most games need 28 hours of music. No, well, yeah. <laughs> not that much. I think Smash is really special because it has some of the best, most iconic music mm-hmm. yeah. that so many well, people know and love. It's such an incredible collection of music across so many different games. Like, mm-hmm. they showed that there's one screenshot in the direct that shows 
all of the tracks from Zelda across all the different Zelda games rearranged specifically for Smash. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool to be able to mix and match that playlist and be like, okay, I want to hear this from Skyward Sword and I want to hear this from Twilight Princess and this from Minish Cap. And then, but just put them all in one playlist for me. I think that's really cool. Uh, you, I'm going to catch hell for this, but one of <laughs> I love. Hey. It's okay. You're, you're amongst Here friends. Maybe you'll back me up on this. But I uh, I love every single thing about the way Smash Brothers comes together. Um, I'm not crazy about actually sitting down and playing it. I think it's a fun party game, but playing it in single player at home is – it's enjoyable. But it's like for all of these things to come together for this is uh, like it's – not my favorite aspect of it, mm. but I love the museum side of it. I love the trophies. I love the, um, like just the collecting, the unlocking, just the fanfare, like look, geeking out in the background. Like I actually love going through all the little trophies in the game and oh, reading, yeah. reading all about them. If you, you know, the only smash I've actually kind of played through by myself the whole, most of the time was 64. Yeah. All of the oh, other really? games, I would have someone next to me and we'd hand off the controller mm. and like, do everything even, oh, I, I even played in a like ton of melee yeah, i was gonna yeah. say even with like subspace emissary yeah, or, yeah. so so that's, that's the thing cool. um and i'm sure we'll get to it but like that's i i really want a a, a sort of like a, a single player thing here that funnels me into that situation because yeah. was it was it on the wii version where uh you could unlock trophies just going through the single player campaign like you'd you'd find them like, on the floor and yeah. pick them up. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. They had that like All-Stars an, um, an all star yeah, yeah, adventure, yeah. adventure mode for for melee. Yep, you'd find them on the ground too. I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I like the capsule toy machine, all that stuff. Um, and then Brawl, they had CDs would fall out. Yeah, mm-hmm. in terms of like playing on a pro level and like you know like mastering the hitboxes on every character, like it's 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 really it ends up being just a very highly technical fighting game, even though it is a party game. Um, so for me, that's actually like my least favorite part. Is yeah. playing Smash. I, I think, but I love I, everything else in it, so yeah. I buy it every time. I think you and I have kind of gone on record on this show. Uh, you know, I said it earlier, but we're we're sort of fair weather Smash fans. I love totally. playing Smash here in the office when we mm-hmm. hook it up to the projector in the demo room, and like <laughs> especially with eight player Smash, like oh, it's so fun. Yeah. Uh, so so that'll be really cool, but I can't really see myself like sinking a bunch of solo time into it, mm-hmm. um, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But before we before we uh, get too deep into one thing, I, I did want to bring up one more thing about stages, and that's the ability that uh, stages morph in this game, which mm-hmm. I think is really, really cool. You can select two separate stages, and then throughout the course of the battle, those stages will shift in between each other. Like We, we can see it right here as the, the stages shift, uh, if you're watching the, the video version. So, so cool. And mm-hmm. it, it makes for so many more stage combinations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember, like, this is this is like way old school, but like I think it was Mortal Kombat 2 was one of the first fighting games I saw that did this, where you would uppercut something somebody oh, yeah. just hit them into the ground and you'd fall into a stage beneath the stage and there'd be spikes there. Yeah. Um, most recently I talked about this last, last week with overcooked Two. you're in a hot air balloon right. and it crashes and you land in a sushi restaurant. Like I love stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This is an incredibly chaotic game, uh, which I feel like they somehow keep figuring out ways to be getting more and more chaotic, oh, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. I think that, that, uh, the eight player, the eight-player smash combined with the visual fidelity combined with all the items and all the assist trophies and everything like it might blister your eyeballs yeah <laughs> like I, it might be something that is really really hard to track i remember watching playing the nintendo 64 version and, and feeling like i can't keep track of where my character is all the time and that's something that concerns me but also something that i i'm i really love I about what, this version. you gotta sit closer yeah. to the tv screen yeah, yeah. The oh is that it you just gotta be right you up have to against sit on the floor. i mean you have eight players you have morphing stages you have these insane items that are coming in from everywhere you have assist trophies which effectively sometimes adds like two or three even more chaotic characters onto the screen i know for um, 3ds they had to have those outlines 
Yeah, yeah. The black outlines. Yeah. Yep. So I wonder if that for handheld. I don't know. Um, know, one more maybe. thing that I want to talk about with this uh, this direct was the the blurred mode, the so called blurred mode. Right. Mm. Like, we saw a, a title screen, like a home screen, that has one mode that was totally blurred out, and uh, there's a lot of speculation going on around like what that mode could be. Obviously, like my choice, my personal preference, I think it's probably a story mode yeah. mm-hmm. um, to some extent, or like a boss rush mode, which I think could be really cool. What do you guys think about? Yeah, you, you go first, first, Brendan. You want to go first? Yeah. Okay. Go first. Why don't you guys Rochambeau over? We got plenty of time. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Just talk, man. She's Louise. Uh, so Tom and I talked about this yesterday in a conversation where we looked at like the history of the Smash menus and noticed that. <laughs> History of the Smash menus. I like no, that. I, yeah. I, I did the same thing. I, I went and looked up old Smash menus. This is Brendan Graber them. from our Wikis team, obviously. Go ahead. Uh, so what we noticed is that that in Ken all, Burns presents. <laughs> in the earlier ones, there was always that games and more section that went off to single player and multiplayer modes. Yes. And that's where Subspace Emissary was. It wasn't the single player modes. So that's probably not where we're going to see the adventure mode. Mm-hmm. The green icon in 3DS and Wii U was the Smash Run or the Smash Party mode. Okay. That was the green icon. So whatever it is, I think it's going to be that exclusive party-based mode that will be set aside from the regular smashing tactics. Whether that's kind of like an everyone does something crazy, whether it's how you unlock everybody. Um, there's, yeah, but whatever it is, it's not going to be single player. Right. Hmm. Casey, what do you think? So someone, I don't, I can't recall who, but someone unblurred the block. <gasps> I know. Saboteur. Scandalous. Mm-hmm. But they unblurred the block and according to those people, they said that it says spirits. Yes. I read that as well. Oh. And it feel like it makes a lot of sense because so, so far we've seen Luigi die, uh-huh. <laughs> quotes, Mario, Mega peace. Man, King Day to Day. They've all become spirits because that's oh. what happens when you die, right? Yeah. Like according to Smash. Um, <laughs> but all of those cutscenes are these characters turning to spirits. So I'm right. wondering if that has some sort of connection. Yeah. So what they did was I think they theorized that that's what it was and they typed the word spirits and then blurted again. But in the actual blurred image from the direct, this sounds like I'm talking about like the Bigfoot footage at this point. Um, <laughs> it's uh, You actually see what looks like an S and then a, like a lowercase p. Um, so I'm mm. with you on this theory. I totally agree. I think it would be awesome. I just want it to be single player. I don't care what you call it. You I want, call it I Ghost want a Boys or Spirits. I will. Spirits. Spirits starts with player. SP. Single player, also SP. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what if that mode was how you unlock all the characters by finding their spirits <gasps> in this giant Castlevania labyrinth? That'd be so cool. Brennan's headcanon is just out of control today. I, love, I, love I really that. like it a lot. I love now, it. Uh, Yes, Smash was the hottest topic for Nintendo this week, obviously from the Direct, but there was a lot of we other Nintendo news. We need to talk about news. the assist trophies. I, we can come back to the assist trophies, or we can cover the assist Rathlos trophies. is an assist trophy, and he's also a boss. And Shovel Knight! His, his, yeah, <laughs> I was very excited to see Shovel Knight and mm-hmm. Gray Fox. And his animation is really cool and super true to Monster Hunter, and they play his original theme song from Monster Hunter 1 when he comes in, not the song that plays when you fight him in Monster Hunter World, I- and the... Background that they introduce him in is from Monster Hunter for You, the Ancient Step. I'm excited about Rathalos. Are Rathlos. you are you a Monster Hunter fan? Mm-hmm. No, I hate oh, Monster okay. Hunter. Also, um, Mimikyu does his Z move, which is Let's Snuggle Forever, and that's all I wanted. That's what I wanted to talk. About. Let's snuggle it's forever. Adorable. Yeah, Mimikyu's uh, great. We got a couple, uh, a couple of quick <laughs> stories we got to burn through here. So, first of all, Casey, 
despite that monologue, thank you very much, um, I want to give you an opportunity for another one to tell us a little bit about the uh, Pokemon Go Let's Go trailer that dropped. Oh. Um, specifically, it came out today. Mm-hmm. If you're watching on .com, it came out today. If you're watching on YouTube, it came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Time travel. Yeah. Casey, tell us about this trailer. So, um, oddly enough, so the English trailers that we get are usually kind of a little bit different from the Japanese trailers. Mm-hmm. So they show slightly different things. But the biggest news here is that Mega Evolution is returning to Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. I know they also showcased Team Rocket, but we already saw them last month. Yeah. So... But I like seeing them again. Yeah, I liked. I liked. I just like seeing James with the rose in his mouth when he throws the Pokeball. Yeah, but and their expressions are wonderful. It's also an interesting (laughs) twist, right? Because these are ostensibly remakes of Blue and Red, and there there weren't Mega Evolutions back in those times. Mm So I like that they're mixing. It's like a blend of the old and the new. Um, And then they they introduced fifteen Kanto Pokemon retrademarked in Japan. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so a few days ago, uh, some people noticed that 15 Pokemon were trademarked again in uh, Japan, as Zach just said. And the last time that the Pokemon company did that, those Pokemon ended up having Mega Evolutions. And that's really cool, and this makes a lot of sense, because included in that list is uh, the Eevee Evolutions, Team Rocket's Pokemon, uh, Weezine, uh, Arbok, and Persian, and then also Raichu. So it makes a lot of sense for those Pokemon in, in particular to get Mega Evolutions because they're so important to Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. And they've also been showing a lot of animations of uh, Pokemon walking behind their trainer. Yeah. And yeah, I one- know. They put the internet in an uproar to see uh, uh, Bo- uh, not Venusaur. Bulbasaur, Venusaur walking behind your trainer because he has these little frog legs. Yes. Yeah. It's really cute and kind of really ridiculous. Actually, I think my first... The first thing I said when I saw it was, I hate this. <laughs> oh, see, I liked it. I kind of always imagined him walking that way. Have we never really? seen his legs before? I mean, no, we've seen those chunky boys, but yeah, look at him. I love that. He's like a frog bear. Yeah, he looks like a frog. It's fine. So I ask for questions for them for this show every week, and a lot of questions that we got this week, I sort of ironically, were about Ubisoft Steep. And it turns out uh, we got a statement on Steep for after a long silence uh, that Steep has actually been canceled. Mm-hmm. So the Steep oh. official Steep account tweeted out, um, we are wholly dedicated to supporting the live game and made the decision to stop Steep development on the Nintendo Switch platform to focus on bringing new live content and challenges to Steep players and said, we'll have more exciting news to share soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those of you that were looking to get so shreddy um, on your <laughs> Nintendo Switch, it looks like that's probably not going to happen, at least not with Steep. Right. Um, we're looking at... Uh, the the uh, probably the PlayStation Four version here in a, an old trailer, but uh, I did want to let people know Steep is no longer for the Nintendo Switch, but Ubisoft has a, a sort of make good coming for us in the form of Child of Light and Valiant Hearts coming to Switch on October 11th. Right, the and two November first 8th. Ubi Art games. That's right, really gorgeous, they're yeah. really fun. Um, Steep is an interesting cancelization because this is the first. Uh, I think believe this is the first game from that entire sort of original presentation of what the Nintendo Switch was, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, where they got everybody together. Um, that that has been straight up canceled. I guess um, the cost of development was too high at an angle. Don't do it. Don't say the word. <laughs> don't, don't, say it. Don't, don't, don't you dare. Yeah, uh, uh, but almost everything else in that has been released outside of stuff like Travis Strikes Again, mm-hmm. um, maybe a couple other ones. But I mean, when we, you think of that video where we saw like Karen bringing the switch to the rooftop and everything, like NBA came out, Skyrim came out, Breath of the Wild came out. We actually ended up doing all the weird things in that commercial, even the Karen thing. I've seen people do. Uh, so Steep is a uh, you know poor little 
pour a little liquor out for Steve. <laughs> or buy it on the other consoles. They said they're committed to uh, basically keeping that platform yeah. going elsewhere. I think they're still the, playing the, the story is that they're their development teams are, are focused on creating new content for uh, the other console versions and not necessarily dedicating their time to, to yeah. switch. Because it would stagnate if so. they had to focus all their development resources on making a port of a game. We yeah. may never know. Yeah. So you know what yeah. needs to happen now? We need to fast track a port of Snowboard Kids. Ooh. Because there, there needs to be snowboarding. Uh, yeah. yeah. Switch. I mean, you can just take your Switch snowboarding with you. Go on. That's incredibly little dangerous. so dangerous, Casey. <laughs> what a terrible idea. Don't do that at home. I think I would break my legs doing that without the Switch, let alone with... Check out this transition. So, there's a lot of crossover happening in Super Smash Brothers. But Wait, what about well, that wasn't a transition at but all? But what about the crossover in <laughs> what about the crossover of Metroid in Donkey Kong uh, Tropical Freeze? That's exactly like snowboarding. So smooth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so Shane Marchis uh, has discovered the uh, that there are Metroid hidden in the background. It's it's kind of hard to see here, mm-hmm. but uh, in Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze in the uh, a miss abyss level, you can you have to do all this like rigmarole, swim backwards and get injured at a certain point, and blah mm-hmm. blah blah. And then lo and behold, you can see a Metroid hanging out in the background. I thought this was a nice little alone Easter egg. Metroid I can see why it was so up. hard to find. Like you had to like go back through a barrier that hurts you. So yeah. Why would you ever want to go back in a level and wait in front of an area? So but did, I, I just, did like, someone organically figured this out? Or I did believe so. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's been rumored that there was. Uh, multiple metroid easter eggs and people have been looking because this is on the switch version and the wii u version and nobody had found it until uh our friend shane and uh it, it just turns out that that our buds over at retro are still thinking about metroid mm-hmm. still hiding it in the background and it makes sense and, and the original dunk Kong returns uh for the wii there was uh samus's gunship was in the back of a level right yeah, that was the first right. easter egg so it made sense that there was one hiding somewhere in this game yep and in general it was easier to keep a secret on the wii u <laughs> <laughs> Put it on Switch, a lot more people will find it. Um, sure. But this is really interesting because it's like it's such a highly specific set of criteria to like find this organically, like you said. I mean, you have to swim through this electric barrier and get hurt and then kind of chill out for a second. And a lone Metroid floats up and disappears. And I saw that the person who put it there uh, was was kind of like, you found it. I didn't yeah. think you ever would or anyone ever would, but there it is. It's out there What's now. What's your so. prize for all these hours of uh, trial and error? Uh, one tiny Metroid. One tiny Metroid. Um Another uh, another bit of news here that I want to talk about. Uh, Persona Q2 announced uh, for the 3DS. Uh, that's Persona Q2 New Cinema Labyrinth, um, an Etrian Odyssey-like dungeon crawler that consists of the cast of Persona 3, 4, and 5. Um, November 29th, 2018 in Japan, although a Western release has not been announced. Did you guys play Persona Q? I have not. Um, you just told me about it, though, and it sounds really cool. It's a really fun dungeon crawler. Screen. Yeah. And I almost hear Andrew squealing right now. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you'll notice that I said Andrew Goldfarb made us include this news. So, <laughs> uh, no, I, I liked the original Persona Q. I, I'm excited that, it, that it's getting a sequel and it has the cast from uh, Five in there. It should be should be a lot of fun. The thing that made me interested the most is that as you're going through the dungeon, you actually have to take notes on the DS's touchscreen on your physical map. That's right. Which is yeah. really cool. That's really that is neat. nice. I like that. Uh, one last news story here, and this is sort of news of the weird that I wanted to cover off, but uh, some kids shot a copy of Earthbound into space. Did you know that? Yep. Did you hear about this? Good. What? Yeah, so our friends over at Nintendo Life are reporting about this, and uh, the basically what the deal is, is Ronnie Doyle, a member of Earth to Sky Calculus, which is a group of kid scientists uh, studying the stratosphere, got to shoot an item of his choosing into space. He chose his prized possession, a copy of Earthbound on the SNES. You can see it here. They're basically just launching this old cartridge right up into the stratosphere, and um, it went up 100,000 feet. Brian, can you imagine that high? Is that space? Yeah. 
One it's day it's going to come back here. down Close and enough. hit someone in the head. No, it actually it, it landed gently, and now people are bidding on it uh, because it's such a limited edition cartridge. Did they oh. hope that like an alien would find it and you're like, oh, I'll remake this game if Nintendo won't put it on Switch? Yes, we'll alien, do it. Uh, yes, Brandon, they, they hoped an alien would find it. Yeah, that's what I would do. Make I all thought, of our dreams come true. I thought space was like more feet away. <laughs> <laughs> more feet away than, <laughs> than 100,000. It's 100,001 feet. Okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, we're talking about a lot of releases, uh, a lot of new games. Uh, our friend Mike. Mike Smurda over on the uh, Facebook group asks, talk about Flipping Death. I am debating buying it. Well, lucky for Mike, we have a review from Cam Shea over in our Australian office that we're going to toss to now. Uh, we're going to excuse Brendan, and when he comes back, we're bringing on Brandon Tyrell to talk about Dead Cells. So stick around. <laughs> Holy crap, a ghost! Welcome to the land of the dead. <laughs> What happens when Death goes on vacation? Well, in Flipping Death, he mistakenly leaves the job to the recently deceased Penny, who learns she can help restless spirits by jumping between the lands of the dead and the living. It's a cool premise, and executed very much like a spiritual successor to classic LucasArts point-and-click adventure games. Flipping Death's vibrant presentation, quirky characters, and fun plot ensured I was in for the whole ride. This is actually really dangerous! Apparently over here is the best place to be! Like Zoink Games' previous work, Stick It to the Man, Flipping Death has a similar emphasis on getting inside characters' heads and solving scenarios using suitably bizarre lines of logic. But this time around, you're physically possessing them to do it. Need something poked? There's a guy for that. There's nothing more evil than poking things. Need to open a can of paint? Maybe that drill-wielding dentist can help. Want to crap on the heads of every character just for the fun of it? Take over the seagull. It's a fun take on the traditional inventory and interaction systems. Characters who can be possessed, be they human, mermaid or cat, appear as highlighted silhouettes in the murky, mysterious world of the dead. But once you take control of them, the entire map flips to a mirror version of itself, revealing quaint streets, ramshackle buildings and colourful characters. It's a cool transition, and there are some big differences between the two sides. Houses and cars come to hideous life when you enter the death world, and new platforms and paths become available. Penny, meanwhile, can use her Reaper's Scythe like a grappling hook to leap around in Death World, but is bound to the movement abilities of her hosts in life. It's interesting to use these two modes of movement together to solve puzzles. Flipping Death is built around solving the zany problems its characters throw at you. Oh, blimey, there's the dead body I keep in my freezer. God, I should really find a better place for him. These are generally quite surreal, but I was never really frustrated because a small amount of trial and error always got me to the correct solution. I actually found the main obstacles to completing puzzles were mechanical in nature. The platforming feels a little sluggish, while finicky positioning occasionally left me wondering whether I was doing the right thing or not. Thankfully, there's an image-based hint system if you want to nudge in the right direction. The puzzles are creative and fun, but they're largely an excuse for Flipping Death's comedic sensibility. One highlight is the hilarious interactive flashback to history times, which serves to provide backstory and introduce ye olde versions of many of the characters. Burn hey, officer. Forsooth, as you shine, I am from olden times. Your strange accent hath confused me. I also loved hearing Penny strike up a conversation with each character she spirit jumps into. Some think she's their conscience, another, God, an old woman creeping dementia. Oh gracious, now I'm hearing voices. 
one particularly lonely crab was simply stoked to have some company. Penny herself is a likeable lead who has a lot of fun with the bizarre predicament she finds herself in. I'm just dressed up as death, which is absolutely the most goth thing ever. And her broader story anchors flipping death. It's pure absurdity, but nonetheless has some heart. It also helps to have a relatable character in amongst the chainsaw-obsessed mermaids, British serial killers and, my personal favourite, police officers who become elite hackers in their sleep. A little more variety wouldn't have gone astray. Most of the chapters in Flipping Death are set across the same basic map with a handful of changes to keep things interesting. But ultimately, it's the characters who drive the experience. And the overall visual design is great. This pop-up picture book fever dream world really is gorgeous. If you like your games with an offbeat sense of humour and plenty of personality, Flipping Death comes recommended. Its central hook of flipping between life and death makes for an interesting world to navigate and puzzles to solve, and its characters are so oddball and endearing, you'll want to hear every conversation in full, not to mention find out how it all ends. This ends now, Dr. Laser. Curses! For more from Zoink Games, check out the first 10 minutes of Flipping Death and the announcement trailer for Ghost Giant. One thing I didn't account for was an afterlife full of ghosts who could possess the living and use their bodies to solve problems. To be fair, people do very of the take We're back! And look who's with us. Hi. It's Brandon, it's Brandon Tyrell, our you? friend and yours. Now, Brandon, you've taken over the review of a little game that, uh, you know, not a lot of people have discussed lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Dead Cells. Dead yeah. Cells. Dead have you, Cells. Have you uh, heard of it? Yeah. Yeah, well, I've heard of it. All right. Hey, Brandon, uh, you've been playing this game like crazy. I know that you've been playing this game like yes. crazy. I've been playing this game like crazy. Yep. Casey played this game like crazy for about 20 minutes before hey, we came I in here. I actually played for a whole hour and 15 minutes because I didn't want to do anything else. I'm so after. proud of you. It is like mild crazy. It's crazy. I'll tell you what. Hey. This game is outstanding. So good. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, just to get right into it. Yeah. Uh, Let's do it. As a 2D metroidvania which i say in air quotes because it it's not quite a metroidvania but it's obviously borrowing a lot of uh uh ideas from that sort of genre yeah it is probably the most fun fast fluid frenetic frenetic frenzied how many how many more can we do let's keep this alliteration run up uh, i mean my first f word was i shouldn't say yeah friendship I was warned about F-bombs coming out here, and we just got them all out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. Uh, no, this game rules, and uh, I want you to it's talk so to me a good. little bit about uh, so your experience playing How through this game, because it? you just beat it today. I did, yeah. yeah. Uh, I got a standing ovation from the office, so thank you guys. <sighs> so bummed We're always that. throwing these like super brutal games at you. Yeah. Your first review was my Bloodborne? My first review here. Well, it yeah. was my second one, but the first one was actually like... Hey, bro- don't ruin the story. Okay. Anyway. Uh, one of my right? one of my earliest reviews here was Bloodborne, yeah, and it was a very similar thing. It's just eighty hours, brutal, straight. beautiful, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bodacious, <laughs> bodega. I heard you looked like death after that. Yeah, my- well, you look better after playing Dead Cells. Thanks, so, uh, what is it about Dead Cells that has kept your your uh, you know your look up, but has it also proven a challenge for you? Um, fortunately, I played like forty hours before I was assigned the re-review, so mm. I had a lot of that already under the hood done. Mm-hmm. Um, this time around, it's less sort of punishing. Dead Cells, what, it, what Dead Cells excels at and why it's so good is that it is bite-sized chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that last boss is so brutal. Uh, I'm not going to you know, spoil anything for you. But um, you can opt to totally like there, – there, we were talking about this earlier. There were runs where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go for the final boss this time. And an right. hour and a half later, he just – pulps me into the ground right. in, with like unceremoniously murdered. Uh, and then I'm like, you know what? I don't think I want to do that again. 
Uh, I would rather just maybe go farm some cells or maybe go find some blueprints or there's a lot of smaller activities you can do rather than just like throw yourself at a brick wall over so and over. You know? The game, the, the mechanics of it itself, like they feel so, so fluid and so yeah. fast yeah. that it really encourages two different styles of gameplay, which I think is really, really what makes this game interesting. Mm. And that's the idea that... Um, Every run that you do, you can do an exploration-based run where you're running around finding upgrades, yep. killing more enemies to gain more cells to upgrade mm. your, your uh, long-term abilities. Um, you can find better weapons. You can do... Uh, Brandon, you got to raise your seat. These guys are telling me. You, know, you, can, you can find these things that are upgrading you as you move through the game. Or if you opt... The other option is to just speed run and, and get to where you last right. left off, right? So yeah. in the same way that in a Dark Souls game, you might get killed somewhere and mm -hmm. drop all your items, yeah. and you want to get back there to get your items. Like here, you're speed running to get... There's a couple of reasons, but, but one is just to get back to where you left off. Right. And both of them have their pros and cons, both, both styles of play. And I think that the, the speed run version is is amazing because you can run through the game and find doors that open based on speed. Sure, right, they're, right? they're time gates, yeah. Um, but the exploration-based one is interesting because the more you build up the character, the stronger you get. You'll, you'll fare better in battles, obviously, mm -hmm. but there's this sense of, <laughs> this overlaying sense of dread because the further you get into it, you're like, man, the more if, I blow you're this, investing, yeah. if I blow this and this character dies, you start from zero, basically. Yeah, again, to, be, like, to be clear, this is a procedurally generated game, and so every time you play it, the level layout will be different but right. i know i've gone on record on the show before and saying i hate that in metroid Same. games yeah. uh, but somehow it really works here because i think whatever systems are at play creating these levels dynamically on the fly are really smart and really fun and also the character movement in this game is so blazing fast and moving around is so fun and fluid and quick that it's nice to jump in and get thrown these new levels and dig around them you also can go through this game in different paths mm -hmm. so you don't have to go through the exact same levels every single time it branches off off you might get to the last boss in the game differently than i do sure. uh, but to be clear when you die you effectively lose everything well asterisk yeah you know so what you do lose uh you lose the uh, the the cells weapons, that you gained your items yeah. Yeah. yeah your items but um you get starting weapons every time you start a new run and by finding blueprints in the game that are dropped by different enemies or just found in the wild you can basically add to the kind of Russian roulette of which items you'll start with. Mm -hmm. So eventually you'll have this massive army of items that you could start with. Some of them are amazing. Some of them are bad. And if you jump in, you get some bad ones. Um, it's two button presses to basically Restart. jump in and start all over again. Yeah. Or it'll get you sort of out of your comfort zone and go, okay, you know, I'm playing with a whip this time. That's different than I usually play. So it's going to be a little more slow. It encourages different so, play styles for sure. Yeah. Casey, you, you just started kind of getting your feet wet with this mm -hmm. game. Like, Give us your initial impressions in the hour and 10 minutes that you spent with it man so one of the first things one of the things that really drew me were the different loadouts that you could come up with or yeah. just Bingo, like yeah. randomly have yeah um they were, were so assigned at some point yeah they're and they made my run through so different and made my strategy so different at one point i was running around with uh dual swords and a fleet freeze blast and the dual swords did more damage when enemies were frozen mm -hmm. so i just was it was great because I could jump down, freeze, and then kill them in one shot. Right. And in another run, I had the freeze blast, but then I had two different traps. So I could lay down my traps and freeze people, and it would just completely destroy everyone. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 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 I, you know? I, I, I the think combination the, of sub-weapons and the sort of more offensive stuff that you have in your hand, or offensive, not offensive. And the sword that curses at you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's and a combination of those. 
And when I first went in, I immediately was like, oh, like bow and arrow is way better than a shield. Like I want to be offensive. But you can actually parry with the shield, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I didn't know at first. I find you mostly offensive. So yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm offensive to a lot of people. <laughs> no, I was watching Brandon play the other day and like he, you know, he he ends up using shields a lot more than I do. So you have people that can be sitting right next to you who play this game completely differently mm-hmm. than you. Um, and you have those options on the fly. You are not married to the weapons you start with. You can find more in each run. You can upgrade them sort of individually. Uh, the amount of stat boosting stuff mm-hmm. that yeah. you can put into it is crazy. So there's a, there's a whole sub layer to actually which weapons you have. Like, you know, everyone was saying you can get a shield or a sword, but you can also get a sword that, you know, uh, covers enemies in oil. And then you can get a bow that when it hits an enemy, it bursts into flames mm-hmm. and put one and two together. An oil covered enemy burns, you know, hotter and more. So it does more damage. Yeah. There are all these small little sort of, I guess you'd call them like Diablo-esque modifiers yep. on weapons. Yep. And so you can build an actual build it's not just like i'm going with a sword and a bow it is i have a build this complements this this complements this and it all synergizes together yeah to the point where you can actually create a a, a tremendously powerful build just based on modifier well, and what's yep. what's nice is like if you find a build that you love you can find a collector mm-hmm. in the course of the levels that you can purchase those items again should he have that loadout with him right. mm-hmm. on those runs and get back to that build relatively quickly mm-hmm. Or, like Brian was saying earlier, you know, based on the, the RNG, essentially, of what drops at the beginning of the game, you can challenge yourself to play in a totally different style. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what makes this game so replayable. And, like, Brian and I have talked about it on the show, like, I'm not a procedurally gener- generated dude. Like, I've been excited for this game, but then when yeah, I heard that... <laughs> you're, you're pretty bespoke. Kind of, yeah, okay, kind of. Uh, but when I heard that this game was, you know, sort of randomly generated, it so, turned me off at first. So I but, think that right, scares yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. And to go back to what Brian was saying, where he was saying you lose everything, asterisk, mm-hmm. I think this is a tale of... Dead Souls is a tale of two games. You have the metagame, uh, which yes, is... Dickens. Uh, my favorite. Uh, the Tale of Two Games. Uh, you have the overarching matter game, which is you are unlocking blueprints. You are getting cells to unlock more blueprints. You're purchasing more items. You're upgrading your stuff so that when you die, you have more gold you can carry over. You have more you know, slugs off that health potion. Um, and the micro game, which is what happens from the moment you stand up to the moment you die. All of that stuff is erased, yeah. right? But you still maintain all of your progress that you put into this game. Right. So I want to talk real quick about one of my favorite things about this game, which is something I didn't even know was part of it, is this sort of metagame of a specific item called the Hunter's Grenade. Mm-hmm. Um, so you find, yeah. Yeah, you find this item very early on, if you're lucky, uh, and it effectively turns this game into what uh, some of my favorite kind of 2D GBA and DS Castlevania games did, yeah. Yeah. which is that every enemy in this game has a blueprint set that unlocks an item. And to get that, you have to get this grenade, uh, which you find in the first area, eventually you unlock, and you can knock down an enemy to a certain amount of health, hit them with this grenade, it'll turn the grenade into sort of like a, an a vacuum. Extractor, yeah, yeah, an extractor, like a Ghostbuster, you like know, Luigi's thing. Mansion, let's just yeah. keep it Nintendo themed. Exactly. And then it'll turn that enemy into an elite version of that enemy, which effectively creates like a micro boss fight right in yep. front of you. And then you have to extract that blueprint from them, and then you take it to the end of the level where you can, you know, get to your safe space and heal and, and level up. And then that, that item is, yeah, that item is stored forever. So that's how you start getting blueprints in this game. And so every enemy in this game has one. Mm-hmm. So you can just run through, beat the bosses, try to beat the game, stuff like that. Or you can go hunting. 
yeah. which is super cool. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it so like I'm at a point now where I've cleared out every enemy in the first three areas in terms of blueprints. Mm-hmm. And I'm on like the fourth area. So I have to carry this so blueprint. This is what we were talking as about. One yeah. of my sub items all the way all through the way, this and game. You're basically then handicapped. You find yourself, yeah. yeah. And then you find yourself speed running to get to the yeah. end of that level because you're like, I have to get back to, to this gentleman who we're seeing here in order to store that blueprint yep. or else it'll be gone forever. And on top of that, but to then, add one more layer, uh, to get this hunter's grenade, there's a door that you have to buy your way into or you can beat down the door and if you do, you become cursed and you have to kill 30 enemies without getting hit. Yep. Uh, that, so you're just that like, happened to me like my first yeah, and I was yeah, like, why am I cruel. cursed? What did I do? I yeah. don't understand. You ain't good I to gods. Yeah, it's really, really <laughs> awesome. I, I love this game. I, I plan on spending a lot of time with it. It's one of my favorite games that's come out so far this yeah, year. I agree. Uh, so far, it's friggin' August. Uh, Casey, I, you've played an hour and a half. Yeah. Are you going to stick I mean, with it? Yes, I'm yeah. going to get it. I was kind of iffy about it because I'm usually not that into 2D uh, side-scrolling games, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. But I, this really hooked me. I really like it a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. if, You've sunk a ton of hours into yeah, it. I think you're I'll keep you're going to see through to the end. Uh, Brandon, you just beat the game today. Yeah. We can look for your review tomorrow. tomorrow. It'll be up tomorrow, end of day. Okay. Oh, last so, question. What loadout did you beat the game with? Ooh, good question. I give away my secret. What, come on. Uh, the loadout I <laughs> killed the final boss with, I was running a, no one's going to understand this, but I was Just running a tactics build 6226 with two turrets and uh, a frost. <laughs> I heard everyone in the control room <laughs> I know, laugh. I heard it too. Uh, with, <laughs> Dork. with two turrets. No, I love it, please. Two turrets, a bleeding knife, and uh, I forget uh, what it's called, but a uh, an ice crystal. Well, strictly thing. tactics build yeah. 622. And actually, uh, everything's synergized together with yeah. fire. Now, that's, we, that's Dead Cells. If for some weird reason you haven't heard of that game this week, no comment. Uh, we like to play a little game here on uh, NVC called Question Block. That's not so much a game as it is answering people's questions. <laughs> so um, that can be a game. Yeah, <laughs> I figured we kick this off topically this week. And our friend Luke Baker from the uh, Facebook group asks: Is the D-pad a problem for Dead Cells on the Pro controller? Are the frame rates on Switch bothersome enough to buy it elsewhere? Ooh. Uh, I will say, um, short answer. Yes and no. Uh, yes, the D-pad is an issue. Playing on the Pro Controller makes it much easier, but the D-pad mm. on the Switch itself is not very comfortable. It is so bad. Um, yeah. I played it for especially, the first time today. Yeah, especially for uh, high-level gameplay here yeah. when you need to be really nuanced and, and fast. Mm-hmm. Not great. Um, I haven't had too many frame rate issues. I've seen some slowdown, but it hasn't really bothered me in terms of like the game itself. I had a weird... I had a few weird camera jumps. That's exactly yeah, that's, it. Yeah, 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 that's a weird yeah. one. There, yeah. it, it almost feels like somebody was trying to film you and then you moved too quickly and they they kind of like snapped over to the right. A yeah. quick pan, if yeah, you will. Yeah, a quick pan. Um, I did a uh, D-pad deep, Joy-Con mod to my Nintendo Switch. Oh, that's cool. Serendipitously, like two days before this game came out, um, you can buy these shells on Amazon. If you've ever built like a model kit or any done any sort of like little amounts of tinkering with electronics like that um it is dangerous and if you fry your your thing it's dead and sorry but brian um, you little tinkerer uh just you get the a little tri-wing screwdriver the kit's like 20 bucks or something like that and i have a d-pad for my switch in portable mode in the meantime you don't have to like solder or anything no no soldering it's just sort of it's taking apart tiny little tiny little screws put them in a shot glass or something don't Drink the whole time because you, you're going to screw your thing up. <laughs> I forgot. An empty shot glass that you didn't I won't be able to put this back together for at least a day. <laughs> but yeah, Gross. look into that. Look into that. Uh, On top of that, there's the Hori D-pad, which we talked about recently, but yeah. all uh, that eats at your battery, and we've been reading some weird issues about that in general. Yeah, right. so. uh, next question. 
according to Jamie Hill, this is the best question. Uh, he says, I completely, <laughs> he says, I completely dropped off the gaming scene throughout high school and college, the 360 PS3 gen, and only played a few games during my childhood. I'm now a retro collector and consumed with the nostalgia for the 90s. I have this wish that I could exist for five to seven years with no new games, and I could just focus on my enormous backlog of retro games from every console. Have you, or have any of you ever felt this way, and what's the top of your shame list? Mine is every Metroid game. First of all, Jamie, play a Metroid game. <laughs> Secondly, what are your games of shame? What's a game that, that people bring up to you that you've never played and, and you have to cop to it? <laughs> I mean, my list keeps growing, but the yeah. ones that stand out right now are like the most recent ones. Mm. So uh, never played Shadow of the Colossus, and when that remake came out, people were just giving me all kinds of mess about that. Mm-hmm. Um, still haven't played it. I, there's a lot more, but let's cycle through. Okay. I, ne- I never get the heat off me. I never really got into the Halo games, and I love shooters and I love sci-fi stuff. I that's, just that's crazy. That's what I was going to say. I've kind of infamously been. I've never played a Halo game, and uh, I started playing the Master Chief Collection. I got an Xbox a couple of weeks yep. ago, and I started. Pear actually told me to start with four, yep. and I, it's very Metroidy. Well, and I didn't listen to him, and I started with one, and it's that <laughs> game has like I'm sure that Halo is great. Yeah. The game is very old. It feels very. I archaic, played one when so. it came out with with friends. Um, yeah, best way to play it. Yeah, exactly. And I play the single player stuff too. Um, it's just for some odd reason that's a blind spot, and I also I have this problem with things, and I'm sure people do with the same way with movies and books and TV shows. Mm-hmm. Once something has gone on too far, I feel like an idiot or I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like scared to come in too late. Yeah. So like, yeah, like Halo's lore is so deep now that when I jump into the newest one, I'm like scared off. And so I just pretend it doesn't exist and hide. You yeah, know? I get that. Casey, what about you? Uh, probably Demon Souls and Dark Souls. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, I, I feel just, like you'd be really into those games. Yeah, me too. That's, that's funny. That's why it's so weird. I feel like I would be too, and I just never got around. You know, a lot to of people it. recommend those games to yeah. you. Yeah. Did you a play lot. Bloodborne? I played Bloodborne. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. But so you, yeah, you would totally. You would, actually, it took me a long time to get into the Souls games. My first real one was Bloodborne, mm-hmm. and then I kind of retroactively went back. And, well, yeah. I think that they've from as a studio has designed their games more and more accessible mm-hmm. like yeah. with each iteration Sekiro looks to be like the most accessible of any of these games but I'd it also that. took yeah. Bloodborne for, for me to get into those that mm-hmm. series do you play Switch a lot? yeah okay so you should I mean I, eventually yeah, one day so, someday yeah. Dark Souls remaster, one day. I know we'll one of these the days this, uh, somewhere this year wait mm-hmm. Next like, next question, <laughs> Devin, Devin Vias asks do you all agree that Toad should be in Smash? 100% yes yeah why isn't he? He's been no. in Mario Kart. No. Ryan disagrees. He's no. a playable He's character a in Mario Party. No, I just, I don't think he... he... Wait, he is in Smash. Peach uses him. Yeah, she she beats people up with yeah. him. Yeah. Well, she uses um, him as a weapon? Yeah. But I like as think... a real, like, selectable character. Nah, if <laughs> Captain Toad was in Smash, be I'd be different. down with that. I don't right. think well, either of them should be, treasure. should be exposed to all that mess. All yeah. that mess. Yeah. So all that sweet. nonsense. They're Perfect. just so pure and They're innocent. Just, oh. just stay away. Just hold on to yeah. it. <laughs> I don't want to see you get killed by Ridley. Just stay away. Oh, yeah. Just stay here. Fight the bird. Get the stars. <laughs> find the hearts. Fall in love. Just stay away from Smash and be safe. You've painted such a beautiful picture for Toad's life. I really, really love really him glad. and his girlfriend. I'm really glad as, that as you we watch that up. basically oh, kidnapping okay. right now. Well, there's that sadness. Toad's girlfriend just got kidnapped. I know. I, I've been reading a lot of questions from the uh, the Facebook group, but you can also get at us on Twitter. That's at NVC Podcast, just like Nick Hickman did when he asked, with Castlevania and Metal Gear Solid being so prominently featured in Smash Brothers Ultimate, mm-hmm. do you guys and gals think Konami could put a few of those series titles on the Switch in coming months? Ooh. Seems like an easy way to make money for Konami. I would love for the Metal Gear collection to come out on Switch. I'm a huge Metal Gear fan. I think it's beautiful on the Vita. I would love for that collection to come to Switch. When the I would Switch play through all those again. When the Switch launched and Bomberman sold half a million units, I said... It's, uh, sorry, it's 
Bomberman. Bomberman. Uh, (laughs) I could have sworn that Konami and every other company would take note, look at the stuff they have that's easy to sort of port over um, and make it work. I I imagine that the Mega Man games are doing well for Capcom, those collections. I mean... Major Man. Major Man? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do we just have funny names for everything yeah, on NBC? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's, those are easy wins. More so, uh, I was really hoping that this news with Simon Belmont would lead us to getting a brand new dedicated That's Castlevania. right. Castlevania yeah. 64 Castlevania. finally comes to Switch. It's, uh, it's pronounced... Catsylvania. Catsylvania. Yeah. Uh, sounds I mean, delightful. <laughs> even if you're even if you're hard up for a Castlevania game on the Switch, you've got uh, Dead Cells. Uh, Dead Cells, <laughs> uh, first and foremost, which feels like the most uh, uh, the most perfect evolution of the the yeah. Castlevania formula. Hollow Knight. Uh, Hollow Knight, and there's also um, uh, oh my God, Bloodstained: Curse of the Moon. Yeah, and the full like the full blown version of Bloodstained coming out. Before, well, sometime soon. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, they keep saying 2018, but we we don't know for certain. That yeah. said, I mean, I shouted them out before, but I would love a collection of the three Game Boy Advance Castlevania games. Yo, on Switch the, that pixel games, art scales it would, yeah. beautifully. It would work so well mm-hmm. given the resolution of it. Yeah. The, the that's you know, uh, Circle of the Moon, Harmony of Dissonance, and, and Aria of Sorrow. Aria of Sorrow. It might be like. It might be the best Castlevania. Yeah, I love. So I love really? that game. Better before. than Symphony. Yeah, Symphony's uh, really good. Symphony's too. really good. But Aria of Sorrow, like the way that you you mix and match the spirits in that game to mm. create new powers and stuff, really super cool. Mm-hmm. I believe that was Aria of Sorrow. Yeah, don't get feel, at me in the comments if that was the wrong so, Castlevania game. <laughs> obviously, there's still that. I mean, people see the Konami logo and they're still pretty irked for good measure for mm. a lot of reasons over you know, the last. You know, it's a funny word. Mm. Irked. Irked. Yeah, it's pronounced irked. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I think that that would be good faith. That would be good guy Konami to sort of take a bunch of those great games and just put them on Switch. So uh, Derek Grant over on Twitter asks uh, Casey specifically, "What advice do you have for us newbies to Magoo, which I assume uh, is Monster Hunter Generations ye- Ultra Ultimate. Ultimate?" I thought you were talking about the blind cartoon. Ultimate. Yeah, it's Magoo. Good Magoo. Job. It was before your time. Well, I I, think. I'm, I'm trying just to close your eyes and walk on a construction site. Yeah. I'm trying to set a precedent of every game that's called Ultimate, just naming it Ultra. After There's way last too many so. anyway. There's yeah. too many Ultimates. Um, but anyway, uh, my advice to you is to go uh, to our Monster Hunter Generations wiki. Oh boy, <laughs> what's up with you, wikis folks? Always plugging. Well, all of the advice that we have to give is already written down on wikis. So. <laughs> well, well, Zach, let me tell you well, right I, now. You know, there's not Damn. a uh, there's not a way that I can counter argue that. Yeah. So, but um, anyway, really, there is uh, things to do first, and there's a basic tips and tricks page. Uh-huh. There are little um, tutorials for all of the different styles, and if you don't know what that means, the wiki will explain it to you. Yes, Monster Hunter <laughs> is as much about fashion as it as as it is about. That's monster. why I put on you this be hat. that fashion hunter. Yeah. yeah. It's perfect. I'm sure it gives you, like, I don't know, plus one evasion or something. Definitely not that. <laughs> no, uh, definitely It gives me not. plus six cool, though. Uh, okay, so over on Facebook, Sean McGue asks, best bar arcades when visiting San Francisco? Brian, this one I want to give to you because yeah. you just did a whole show about- I did an entire show about, about traveling this. to barcades. Yeah, I, I did it. Just plug, Google- plug the show. I did just Google IGN Fast Travel. I did a four-part- basically TV show style travel show mm-hmm. about barcades and cool nerd culture here in San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, Oregon, and uh, Los Angeles. So go check that out. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, but I- specifically, 
here in San Francisco, mm-hmm. what barcades do you recommend? Um, Arcade is good. Market's well, good. Yeah, yeah, there's Brewcade. Brewcade. That's on Market. Um, um, there's a lot of good craft beer at Brewcade, which yeah, I think is really there's cool. There's the Foundry. If, the you're foundry. Look, if you're looking for more of like heavier on the arcade side than the bar side, uh, Coin Op. Coin Op. Yep. It's really Coin, good. Now, it's really cool. Coin Op is a chain, I believe. Yeah. Um, but they opened up. It's actually pretty close to our office. We've yeah. Been is there it a third or fourth street? Uh, yeah. It's, I think it's third. And, and so uh, the, the one we didn't get to include was it, there's a weird one in Fisherman's Wharf called the museum of something oh, yeah that's a it's like an old uh yeah uh, like it's not even it's not it's like musee mechanique yeah, right like yeah. it, they're not even games they're just attractions basically oh yeah, yeah. Like so it's some cool of like though. the original yeah. coin operated machinery game it, it's like you put your hands on the the yeah. brass pillars and it's like test your love connection yeah like stuff those, like that those so if you're in the wharf which if you're traveling from out of town your parents are probably booking a hotel there because a lot of people do that when yeah. hey, yeah. conrad so. conrad 69 uh actually just pipes in over here on the uh the old chat and mm-hmm. says uh that this hat actually gives me plus six millennial points so, oh okay. I'll take yeah, that. That sounds great, Brian. I got one last question, and I you know I hate to double up, but this one is also for you. Uh, now that you've acquired one, have you figured out where babies come from? Asking for a friend. Have acquired one? Yeah. Didn't you just did you, you buy a baby, your baby? Right? <laughs> no, I I've been weird. Didn't you I, pre-order that baby? Yeah. I did. Yeah. I, I didn't know how to. <laughs> I, I still don't know how to. Like, months. I don't know how to talk about that because I've, I've I've been like when we got our baby, you know, and it's kind of like well, we didn't get. Well, we went down we, to the yeah. baby store. Do we earn it? Do we make it? You had it. We didn't. I mean, is it an event? Because people were like, when I bought my dog, and other people were like, you didn't buy your dog, you adopted your dog, and so oh. we didn't. Ad- we just First had it. We had our baby, but I didn't have it. Crafted it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when, what was the question? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. This is a pretty uh, R-rated question, and you mm-hmm. went in a very different direction. So, do I you. know where they where come they from? Have you figured out where babies come from? They come from the question block. That's right. <laughs> Nicely done. And you hit it, and the coin comes out. <laughs> I feel like that is borderline euphemism, but oh, yeah. you've done. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. From the baby store. Guys, we got to wrap it up. I want to thank you guys so much for being on the show. Yeah, Brandon, thanks for coming to talk yeah. about Dead Cells. Casey, Brian, thank you for always sticking around. And thank you guys for watching. Remember, uh, I, uh, IGN has only one Nintendo show, and it's this one, NVC, 3 p.m. Thursdays. Uh, and you can catch us uh, on YouTube the following day, Fridays at 3 p.m. Uh, but we're not the only show on IGN. There's also Beyond, which Brian is a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also Game Scoop, which Casey is often a part of. And then you can see my friend Brandon over here on Unlocked just about every old week. Is that right? Every week. Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll be back next week at 3 p.m. on Thursday. And until then, get the thing. <laughs> <laughs>Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.